0: it's your life it's your life it's your life i'm sade welcome to it's your life where amazing things happen only if you let them in this podcast i speak to millennials like myself young people who are still figuring out their lives while also obsessively planning the next steps tune in now Hello, this is yet another episode of Millennial Mindset. And on this episode, I will be interviewing Wangoy. Wangoy is a PhD student in the biomedical engineering program at Johns Hopkins University. Her research and passion center on engineering tools to better understand and treat women's health disorders like endometriosis and fibroids. Outside of the lab, Wangoi enjoys teaching and encouraging a love of science at the Baltimore underground science space, as well as building opportunities and community for underrepresented students at Johns Hopkins. Lastly, Wangoi is an avid breakfast eater, MIT alumna, National Science Foundation fellow, and a longtime friend. Thank you so much for joining us, boy.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, I've been, I'm such a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting. You've been here from the beginning. Oh, yeah. so. Day one. A1 day one. One since
0: day one. A1 one since day one. Um, and so when I was thinking about recording for starting to record for a millennial mindset, you definitely came to mind because oh. I think that. I wanted to be able to show such a different spectrum of millennials but also get a lot of different perspectives and I think your story and the work that you're doing is so relevant and it's so interesting to people that may not even be from sort of this field or this space. You know, when I get on the phone with her, I hear her talking about like, oh, I'm in the lab or like I'm working or, you know, doing research and all this stuff but I think for people that may not be as familiar with it, it's still such groundbreaking work that is going to have such a real impact especially for women <laughs> absolutely absolutely especially for women because i mean we can get into like the whole issue with like fibroids and endometriosis but i've known friends personally who didn't even know that they had fibroids mm. until you know it was to that point where like, they need to get surgery soon yeah. um And so sort of to get started, we briefly mentioned it at the end where we sort of talked about your background and you coming from MIT, but you're currently a second year PhD student. Yeah, I'm starting my second year. Yes. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Um, And so... Just sort of, like, back up a little bit. Did you always sort of see yourself on this track? And, like, when you – when in undergrad, like, did you see yourself, okay, I want to pursue research as a long lifetime sort of thing? Or how did you sort of go about – and how did you find out this passion um, and women's issues? How did that sort of get started?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've always kind of – the research – me being interested in research came first, definitely, before Mm -hmm. women's health disorders – and I think I want to say probably like sometime in high school, it happened for me that I was trying to figure out a way to do something with myself in the world, like to feel like I could change things. And research and science really in general was what made me feel like I could do that. Like mm. it it gave me some tools. It gave me some understanding. It gave me. A way to approach problems that i just didn't have before i really got into biology before i started working in a in a lab my senior year of high school and then before i went to mit um so then just going through mit i was just really just exploring different types of engineering and ways to apply this skill set um and to apply you know what i had been learning in my science classes uh, to problems that i care about and eventually landed on women's health because I think you know i've had some issues like um with my own periods and it was always just kind of like shocking to to see the process and the struggle that mm-hmm. women have to go through mm-hmm. to figure out what is wrong with them and to deal with it because there's very limited resources in that realm yeah and so yeah to me it was like the most exciting thing because it's a big problem. I mean, it affects me, but it also affects a large population. I think it's w- around one in 10 women have just endometriosis alone. I don't know if there's a figure on the the women who have just any type of menstrual disorder, but I'm sure it's it's a, a lot of people have to deal with it. So um, that's how I kind of got into doing research and doing it specifically in women's health. And I hope that I am able to do what, what you suggested before with being able to impact a lot of people and make things a little bit better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and When you were beginning to pursue that track of towards later, towards undergrad, and sort of racking up different research experiences and things like that, what allowed you to say, okay, you know what, like, I'm actually going to take this plunge and start this PhD and start this doctoral program? Because I remember you were like thinking about like medical school versus PhD, and there were different benefits and pros and cons. And how did you sort of
1: make that pivot to that field? Yeah, it was, it was a hard decision in some ways and then not in others it was sort of hard because there's a lot more than just like the training because you can kind of think of it as like like the technical stuff that's different between different programs and i guess different really roots in life in general like when you're going through college and thinking about what to do next you could go work um somewhere or you could pursue another degree And you can look at the technical differences, like whether you'd be doing a nine to five or whether you would be, um, you know, a student, you're kind of like at the mercy of however your classes are structured Mm. and how heavy the program is, whether you'd be able to do things outside of classes, like doing research um, and like teaching, things like that. And so like comparing the technical stuff gave me some idea. But also, I think just at the end of the day, I was way more in the mindset of wanting to create and build things from my own mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I, I just had like, like, that was what was driving me Mm -hmm. at that point where Mm -hmm. I couldn't really see myself doing things um, to support another project. Um, unless I had the ability to be creative and free enough and like that kind of creativity and freedom is what I saw the most at the time Mm -hmm. when it came to PhD programs and specifically in like the programs I looked for in the labs that I was interviewing with um, rather than when I was looking at um, job opportunities and MD opportunities Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's how I landed with PhD nice and nice. I'm happy
0: with it and definitely a lot yeah. of like listening to yourself and what fits and what makes sense for you during that time even now as you continue throughout the process
1: yeah yeah because I mean it's so much more it's funny how like you think that like and same thing with deciding what college to go to mm-hmm. what you want to do after grad you think it's like all that matters is like the figures like mm-hmm. how prestigious is the school what's the tuition going to be where is it going to be um like just like same thing with the job like how much is it gonna pay
0: where where is
1: it yeah um what tasks will I have to do what training will I get out of it but then you realize that it actually like is so much beyond that where you're like okay what life do I want to have as I'm going through it um do I want to be committed to certain time periods of working or am I more free form with it um yeah just like there's it's it's so many so much of it's just like a feeling of of trying to um do what seems to mesh with like yeah it's so much of it's figuring out what you what you like rather than Mm -hmm. these specifics of of what you think you might need
0: how were you able to decipher and discern that as because i feel like as millennials there's so many different ways that we're sort of pulled and tugged and sort of like competing interests right and mm-hmm. I, I, I won't even restrict this to millennials because i think everyone sort of goes through this right whether it's whether it's major decisions in their life or short-term decisions um and there's so many different ways that we're sort of thinking about and influences about um like how are you did you also have friends that were going on the same path or were you sort of going against the tide where it's like everyone's going out into industry
1: and here I am doing more research-based things like how yeah you have to definitely distinguish yourself from the tide like uh I think at some point I don't know when but like it stopped being about you versus them Mm. and it starts to become about you versus however you were I don't know whether it happened in high school and college like where like somewhere it really has to happen and I think it makes sense for it to happen after high school because you mm-hmm. lose a lot of that structure, yeah. a lot of that like idea that you're all trying to get to the same end point, yeah. which is graduation, getting this like 4.0 GPA and then going to, well, not 4.0, but you know, like yeah. getting good GPA, SAT, <laughs> yeah. the, same, the same tests you take, mm-hmm. um, the same challenges you approach and then you have the same goal in mind for a lot of people, which is going to college versus like when you're in college and beyond, you have to kind of like now there's no i I don't uh when i think back i'm trying to think of how many people were towards grad school Mm -hmm. of my friend group how many were i'd say it was like split fairly evenly like yeah i know people who went into industry who are still up in boston yeah or they moved a lot of people went to california people Mm who um went to i think i'm the one who went to grad school now i think about it and Mm. yeah one person who went to med school so it was a mixture of people um and yeah, I guess yeah, the I think the the toughest thing but the most useful thing is just distinguishing yourself from, from others and just realizing what your own path needs to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that can be applicable in, in any situation, being yeah. able to distinguish yourself in walking boldly into whatever that next step is or next path is and I think that we have such um this habit of comparing ourselves or sort of seeing like as a measuring point it's like okay like this is here and like this person's doing this or like for my age or for my ranking or status I should be here at this mm-hmm. point and it's kind of like taking that step back and like you said not comparing to others but rather to yourself or your previous self and seeing what growth has occurred from that point on. Um, instead yeah. of doing the other stuff.
1: Yeah, and realizing that you may want or need something that someone else may not want or need. And that doesn't, that's thats fine. Go for that thing. But knowing but, that is yeah.
0: huge though. Like right? this podcast. Yeah. I'm so
1: glad that you're doing it. <laughs> okay, not only because I feel like like, as millennials, we need to clap back. But yeah, like, clap, back clap back constructively. constructively. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, clap you know, back like, constructively. All for right. growth, all for empowerment. All but for like, that. Like, you know, not everybody is doing this. And it doesn't mean that, like, it's not something about, like, comparing whether you're doing better or, like, mm-hmm. worse than others. It's just you're doing what you feel can lead to further growth. Mm-hmm.
0: That and that's for you. getting those
1: opportunities exactly. and making them yourself. Exactly. Right? exactly. There's, it's, yeah. There's, there's really no reason to compare. Yeah, beyond
0: that, yeah. And I don't know why we do it, but it's like we, it's so like ingrained in us. And like even you know, as I'm like going in through my firm and starting out and things like that, like. I kind of feel like, okay, like, if what I'm doing, like, do other people need to know? And, like, when I'm telling other people what I'm doing (laughs) at work, like, are they secretly sort of adding tallies? You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, like, how did you get on that? Or, like, why are you doing this? Or why? And I'm just like, I'm doing it because I know what's going on in my head and, like, the path that I have set out Mm -hmm. or or the things that I just want because they're just different than what you want. And so it's, like, this sort of, like, secret sort of, like, okay, like, I see what you're doing. I don't really know why, and it's like it's a completely different, you know, like
1: completely different line of thinking here. Yeah, I wonder about that too. Cause yeah, it's interesting because there's studies that have shown that people who study with groups yeah. do better because mm. they compare themselves to others. It's a really weird thing, right? Like there's there's advantages. Not right? surprising though. There's, there's advantages, there's advantages right? right? And I right? think they were looking specifically at ethnic groups because mm. they're showing how. Um, Asians, I should really, I mean, I feel bad for t- quoting a study without being able to yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's like, so yeah. we're going to come back to this, <laughs> but they were, they were saying, they were, like, looking first at how different ethnic groups tended to study, mm-hmm. and they were saying that Asian Americans tended to group a lot more, and what they saw when they were studying was comparisons in their scores, so then they tried to apply that to other groups and say, hey, after this exam, share your scores with the others, and then, like, compare, like, do the results on the next exam go up, or, yeah. um does it not so it's it's like one in one course like that I see where it comes from you know the comparison like beyond like just being able to know what people are doing I think there's an idea that and in some cases it seems like it might help to to be able to to see what other people are doing Mm -hmm. you can then see where you're at and if you're happy with that yeah like you can use it as an evaluation point in some regards
0: right or even see it like because I think, like, in the working world, see, there's an inspiration. Like, wow. Inspiration like, is a There is thing, yeah. no, like, okay, like, wow, there is no, like, structured path. Like, this person went on to do this. This person has built out this thing. And it's just like, whoa, like, okay, I can see that there's so many ways I can take whatever is given to me. But
1: then, like you're saying, there are other ways where it's like, uh, it may not yeah. be as constructive. I was going to say, I I... I think it could be useful as an evaluation in only some regards, though. Like, if the only okay. way you're evaluating yourself is against how other people are doing. Yeah. then That's really limiting. Like, yeah. okay, you might be doing good compared to them. But is that what you yeah. want? Like, is that yeah. getting you closer to your goals? Yeah. It's getting you closer to theirs. Right. But right. <laughs> with, do you, you know, that's, that's a different, yeah. it's a different. It's thing. different. It's like not everyone at your firm <laughs> may want to start a podcast to inspire and to yeah. reach out and to connect with millennials right that might not be their age range or audience <laughs> yeah or, for whatever or interest reason. or, or whatever. interest yeah so they don't but but i'm guessing comes from curiosity comes from yeah. inspiration being able which is really cool being able to see mm-hmm. you know what what people do with their time and what they're able to to take on
0: definitely yeah um but yeah we're all like intrinsically we're all such different people and i think Being able to realize that like constantly is uh, the key right there. Okay. So, you know, as you're going in and out of the lab, working on your research and developing further on that end, you know, as you're going through like whether it's in your academic life or your personal life, what is your approach to living a bold
1: life and being confident throughout this process? Mm, I guess a lot of it, um, like, I I would, I don't know if I quite live boldly per se but Mm -hmm. I what helps me be bold is to try to just remember that life is happening now Mm. and everything that I'm doing is counting towards that like I think it's so easy to get into a rhythm of like because you know it starts like elementary school I think everything starts elementary school high school (laughs) like these next three years these next four years Mm. and then graduate high school and you're like just gonna get through college these next four years and then going through college, you might work somewhere where you're like not seeing it as your long term place. So you're like, OK, these next two years or you're doing another degree, right, where you're like these next four years. And then after that, that's when I'll start living. That's when I'll start doing the things that I enjoy. Mm. That's when I'll, you know, pick up piano lessons or start going on hikes and writing um, these things that I'm passionate about down. Um and it like really sucks when you realize like years go by, like maybe Absolutely. like eight years have gone by Absolutely. since you started being like just four more years. Um, and you haven't done any of the things because you're waiting. Wow. So I think you said once in another one, I'm going to quote you. I think you said once <laughs> that your life in another podcast, you said life moves in seasons. Hmm. Yes. And it that, does. that's what it made me think of because <laughs> yes, the seasons come and go. Yes. But. Just remember you're experiencing them now. Yes. And like life is happening. Yes. Now. So make the most of whatever you can with that season. Don't wait. Definitely don't wait. Like, okay, maybe we'll let it slide for high school. For <laughs> yeah, all people, right. Because high school and- Yeah,
0: no one really likes high school and no one definitely wants to go through sixth to eighth grade again. Yeah. We get it. Like those times are long gone, but, but-
1: that period, the period that you have now. I mean, don't let that go, whether you're in don't. college, whether you're working, you're living at home, living on your own. Just remember, like, even if you think you really want whatever period you're going through now to end, which I understand. Yes, like I get it. Just remember there's still a lot you can do. Yes, there's a lot to be learned yeah. and a lot to be experienced during this time. Yeah, to the kids in your life, like, you can be the best big sister, big brother, aunt, uncle. To the people you work with, you can be the best coworker, the best source of support, the, the the you can volunteer at groups and you can be a mentor for somebody who maybe wouldn't have been able to meet someone like you mm. who's experienced things like you yeah so there's there's so much that you can still do even as you're wishing that the season will pass and a better one will come yeah wow say that's that's thank you thank <laughs> you for that
0: and I really resonated with that because I feel like not only me, but I think more in the beginning, but also a lot of others like me that it's kind of like, I just want to get to here. Or I can't wait until this. Or I can't wait to like, I moved to California. I Can't wait till I move to New York. I can't wait till this position. I can't wait till this. I can finally apply for this fellowship, whatever it is. And it's like, what are you doing with the time that's now? right Mm -hmm. like no season is wasted like you're saying and so it's like do you want to be able to look back and be like okay like I finally made it to the point that I wanted but for all those you know years or these past few months or whatever I was just sort of waiting for the day to end I was waiting for it to go by instead of enjoying making the most of what I have now right Mm -hmm. And and I don't think that that disintegrates or takes away from any of the goals that you have in the future or the aspirations or you have down the line. Instead, it's saying, I'm cognizant and I'm aware of what I have in mind for the future. However, in the present moment, I'm going to relish in this and be conscious and be active and enjoy my life and be see my friends more often and, you know, see my family and things like that because it, my life
1: is still happening. Exactly. And the truth is, it'll never just start. Like, it's happening yeah. now. Yeah. The time will never come when, like, yeah. you're like, okay, once I get past this or once I get, like, that point yeah. that you think you'll get to where you feel like everything will be fine mm-hmm. and things, sorry, this isn't very happy, but, like, yeah. it just won't. It'll always feel like yeah. there's something more Exactly. If you're not so, able
0: to be stand still in the
1: present yeah. and be
0: sort of grateful and conscious of what's happening going on now. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like if you're, if you're like really depressed and down, you know, in your small hometown, what if you keep that attitude all throughout? What's going to change once you go to New York? Like there will be that high that you have, but it's like yeah. your habits and things like that. If you're not, it's it's not going to drastically change unless you're like, you know what? Like I know my time is coming. I know that I have this in the future, but right now I'm still going to be, you know, very joyful. I'm still going to be really grateful. I'm still going to do the things that I want, that I would do if I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have to be able to start building those habits for the future so that it's not like you're saying, so that when it does come, you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to be looking for this thing instead or looking for the next thing instead of relishing
1: in the moment. Yeah, it yeah. definitely, it definitely, it helps. I'll nice. say even, like, yeah, like, because you mentioned depression. Like, yeah. that's something I've struggled with and post-traumatic stress disorder I've, mm-hmm. I've struggled with. And I'll say one of the things that, like, this isn't just for, like, people that it's easy for to be, like, live in the moment, YOLO, everything yeah. is so great. Like, yeah. Like, It's really good to be able to acknowledge where things are hard and where you're struggling, but Mm -hmm. also to be able to see where you can still do well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you might feel bad about yourself because you're not a great student. You're not, like, killing it at the job that you thought you would be killing it at. But you can still be, like, the best, like, daughter or brother or son or... You can still be amazing to somebody else. Like, there's still so... Especially, I say it a lot with kids because... Kids do not, like my niece and nephew literally do not care that yeah. I am afraid half of the time. Yeah. Like they just like they are just happy when I'm so around happy. them. Yeah. And that's that's what makes me that's what makes me happy. That's like mm. what I do most of the things that I do because I might be struggling in some areas, but I can still make my niece and nephew smile. Mm. And that you yeah. can still you can still brighten up someone else's
0: day. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. So earlier um, in this episode, I did sort of briefly talk about what your research um, was involved in with women's menstrual disorders and endometriosis and fibroids. And for me, having friends who have dealt with these issues and not knowing until it was almost too late or not really having the vocabulary to be able to sort of address it, what um has brought you to this line of work? I know you talked about this earlier with your personal issues and previous experiences, but with that being said, what do you hope to sort of implement in the future or ways that women can now, you know, as young women sort of take control of their own health in that sense?
1: Yeah, so I guess I can speak a little bit from my own experience and the what I've read about from the experiences of, of others, but I'll like preface this by saying I don't have... I haven't been diagnosed with the disorders that I study. I'm not an expert in these fields. Like Absolutely. I don't have a PhD yet. Yes. <laughs> coming. I don't have coming an MD, you know? on the way. You know, so I'm not <laughs> at all giving advice to to anyone on how to deal with these issues per se. But I, I will give you some of some of the background that I, that I have. So for me, it started like when I was 10, and I had my first period, and it like never ended. Wow. Like it took like a year for yeah. for it to stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you know, like, there was like a day like off between like it would be like it would go continuously for a month and then I'd have two days off continuously for like wow. three months and then I'd have a couple of days off. Yeah. So it kind of started this process of going to the doctors to try to figure out to take blood tests. I remember doing a lot of a lot of blood tests, mm-hmm. um, ultrasounds um, and then starting different medications to try to handle and deal with it. And now coming, after doing, like, a couple, I think it's, like, been, like, three years since I started, like, officially researching endometriosis and other menstrual disorders, I've come to learn that that's not a unique story at all. Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what's wrong with my period yet. It's changed over time. Yeah. Um, So let's say it's been, like, 11 years since that. The average time for a woman to go from the first time they go see a doctor because they're starting to have weird symptoms with regards to their periods to actually getting a diagnosis of endometriosis specifically is seven years. Wow. And between that, I have read a lot of different estimates on like how many doctors and specialists they see. Wow. But it is a process because there isn't a blood test more a imaging analysis they can do that can spot most endometriosis, right, right, right? So they are basically ruling out everything else in this process seven years. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think it's seven years ruling out. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a good number of years of being doubted, yeah, at least from what I read, yeah. I, I'm on Nancy's Nook, this Facebook group that's for um, supporting women with endometriosis and endometriopolis also. Mm. Um, Shout out to them. Very informative. Um, I love reading and um, hearing all these women's stories. You said this was Nancy's Nook? So there's Nancy's Nook. Okay. And there's also endometriopolis. These are both Facebook groups. Okay. Um, Very good support groups for people and education groups, which is important. Um, But reading from them, a lot of it's they go to three, four doctors that all say the pain is normal. The excruciating pain that you're feeling that's doubling you down, that's making you miss work, that is like ruining your life, that's normal. And then that, so there's pain, there's fertility issues sometimes. There's there's a lot of, there's some, a lot of times it's stomach issues. People Hmm. will be like doubling over vomiting when they're on their period sometimes when they're off their period a lot of people have pain pain, like cramps yeah but when it's off their period and it's like what's going on with yeah and they're being told that's normal
0: which is a lot i wish i could say i'm surprised but it's like With women, it's like we know that something's going on and we're also trusting our gut instincts in addition to like having these physical reactions and you're being told by qualified, certified people that no, this is what this is or no, you know, it'll be fine. And so you go back into your house, into your room and you're still double like on by yourself, not knowing until you're like, no, like this cannot be something that's going on for this long and finally finding the right person who's willing to, find a solution for you
1: yeah it's because a lot of these things like endometriosis and like any menstrual disorder and really any health disorder has existed mm-hmm. long before we had an understanding of it right long before we had a grasp of it right but it's sometimes hard i think for physicians and people who are supposed to be experts in the field mm. to accept that somebody is presenting with something that they don't have as much of an understanding as they should have that's me personally. I can say that because I don't have like I'm not I'm not in that yet. But I think that's part of the challenge is that we um, we we haven't caught up our our knowledge and like really it's the science like that there there is a lag. I'll say it's not just like people who are like yeah. denying um, the existence of pain or anything like that. It's just that they don't know what to do with it yeah. because there is a lag yeah. in the science. Even if you can diagnose endometriosis, it's still difficult to treat. Yeah. So that's where I want to kind of help (laughs) with with, like make more resources for treatment more resources Mm -hmm. for diagnostics and Um, filling that gap yeah
0: do you you know I kind of think like do you think it also goes back to when we are getting educated when it's coming from I guess like secondary school or even some parts of primary school where we really don't learn about women's health as much as we should I feel like we learn about like basic like what's going on with puberty and, like, your body and, like, different diseases and different, like, ways to just stay healthy, like, wash your hands a bunch of times and, you know, whatever, but women's health like it's it's own separate thing and men's health as well when it comes to prostate cancer and all these other issues that are specific to men but it's like when it comes to women's health i feel like there is so much of like there's a gap that i just didn't have knowledge on same. and it wasn't <laughs> it right, yeah. same yeah. and it wasn't until college where i was like i think i should be seeing my obgyn right now or like you know this time or like what is happening to my body or whatever and there's such a huge gap of knowledge on that information. I mean, thankfully, the internet is so much more just expansive, and why I'm yeah. able to look these things up and go on forums and talk with other women that might be going through the same things. But it's like, why is this information not as accessible or not as universal as it the should patriarchy. be? <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, the everything. The patriarchy. I'm not sure Boom. where it started. That's a yeah. good point. I'm
1: not sure where it started, but it's must have it must have started early enough that yeah. it's just. There just isn't enough information when it comes to even just self-care. Yes. It's hard to it's And hard maintenance to
0: and knowing,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, knowing signs for things, when to go see a gynecologist regularly. Right, right. right. That, yeah. I'm not I mean, sure why.
0: even if you read the statistics on, like, black maternal mortality in the U.S., I mean, yeah. those statistics are just not surprising, but still shocking. Um, And I'll be honest, like, I, I think – I didn't feel comfortable with my own health until I went to I got a black OBGYN. She's Nigerian mm. actually. And um mm. and it wasn't until I started seeing her regularly and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like you were telling me things that my previous OBGYNs never told me, never tested me for, never asked me questions, never informed me about." And I'm over here like, "Oh my gosh, like now I know how to do this and what how many checkups I need to have regularly and things that I felt like maybe there wasn't as much care, you know, as before, but again, Mm. like having the vocabulary to, to attribute to these things that I'm feeling or what is happening to my body. And it's like, I can't imagine for X amount of years going through those things and and constantly being doubted about
1: that. But I think, yeah. It, it, it I was just thinking like as you're saying, it, it it really like talks to how systemic it is that yeah. like I say like the patriarchy very easily, but the fact that, you know, women not being valued, women not being seen as as important in mm-hmm. society in a general scope, limiting women's availability or or even access, um, first even just like positions to having a voice in society, also to being able to get a medical education, mm. so things like that, how that propagates to not being able to um have women doctors who you see or even have doctors that will whatever gender they might be yeah. who will recognize women's pain and, and take it seriously it, and not being able to have the research because i'm thinking that might also stem why we don't have the understanding that we maybe should have a for a disease that we've known about for over a century mm-hmm. um it all kind of ties back in and that's yeah it's Crazy, yeah, <laughs> insane, yeah. But they're having a woman as your gynecologist seem to help. Definitely, maybe that's is a sign. Definitely, something just to, to a point that can be made to change it. Yeah, you know, is to is to high hire more women you You know know. right encourage women having listen to women, listen to women you know because it's like we're
0: saying things that or if it's about my body I think I know what I'm talking about right and so yeah. Amazing, thank you for that. So I think definitely, in regards to women's health and whether it's menstrual disorders or other issues, that women do have to feel comfortable being able that to get a second, a third, and doing individual research and figuring that out. Because sometimes if you feel like something doesn't make sense and you're not hearing what like what people are telling you still doesn't align with what you're feeling, it's time to get other opinions and see what's really going on, especially. Yeah. When it comes to something like endometriosis or fibroids, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, doing some groundbreaking work, in my opinion. I'm
1: trying, trying, yeah, trying. I'm learning so much, though. It's yeah. like it's a slow moving process. That's, yeah. how, that's how science is, most of the time. <laughs> right? Right? Like, just like little Fair enough, enough, baby steps, little baby steps, enough, baby steps. You know, but I'm learning a tremendous amount. Yeah, yeah, especially from people with these disorders hearing about their stories what they go through it's really taught me a lot yeah so shout outs to all of you thank you
0: (laughs) awesome so to sort of cap off um as part of the millennial generation we get so much criticism right so much whether it's like Some serious, some not millennials are buying avocado toast. Millennials are not buying diamonds. Millennials are not buying houses. You know, whatever it is. What's the one piece of criticism that you feel like is completely unlike you? or not related to your situation or anything at all
1: oh i misinterpreted the question Now i think that i I fully hear it yeah because at first i thought this was going and like what do you think is like the thing that millennials get the most flack for that they shouldn't because avocado and toast isn't that bad yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not it's really not and for me it's the sensitivity thing like people think millennials are so sensitive because they don't want Mm. people to say retarded yeah they don't want people to use the word "gay" as stupid. They don't mm-hmm. want people to refer to a group of people as a legal like migration mm-hmm. status. They yeah. don't want you to By refer to people size. as illegals. Yeah, right. Yeah, like they don't want you to dehumanize right. people. <laughs> That's <laughs> what and, they're, and they're being sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> that we're literally the thing that when you break it
0: down like that me. i'm like damn like because that's all we're asking for it's
1: always i guess it kind of like it's like the anti-political correct thing yeah a lot of times it's the same thing as like the whole snowflake thing. oh there. yeah like, of course not exactly the same but sometimes tied in um where like people are looked at as sensitive for for questioning the thought that goes into your semantics wow right like you're saying illegals for a reason you're referring to people as a status for a reason and they're saying like think about that reason you're using the r word for mm. that reason right you're using the word gay instead of stupid for a reason so maybe
0: and i think you're gonna get a lot maybe of pushback and think about it and i think you you're gonna get a lot of pushback when. You ask people to question themselves and you ask people to ask themselves, why do I say these things or where did this come from to dig deeper? And people don't, don't want to do that work, right? Like people are not going to sit back and be like, huh, like where has this bias come from? Where, why do I say, why do I let this roll off my tongue so easily? Right. Why do I feel so comfortable approaching this person or this issue in this manner? And asking someone to be self reflective is hard when they, when they're not open to
1: it. Yeah. I think the thing that has to be understood is that we, we all get checked. Absolutely. It's not just checking
0: as a, absolutely. Right. As it's not employee. just like, oh, call out culture. Like, they call out the non Yeah. like, no,
1: no, no. We, we all absolutely are checking each other. Right. It's a, it's a generation of critical discourse. Like, that's yes. what we're doing. And accountability. We're, that's an what accountability. We're it's not yeah. just like trying to make things all fuzzy and comfortable for people. Mm-hmm. But no, we're like, actually think about the words that you're saying and why you're saying them. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I, I almost like purposefully don't censor myself sometimes so I can catch myself or have someone else catch me in a bad thought. Because if you are too like... Scared of yeah. like, I think I'm kind of I think I'm going along the lines of like what Kanye has said once about being like too scared of sharing his views and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then nobody like if Kanye hadn't said that slaves had chosen yeah there that like yeah. that lifestyle that, yeah then nobody would have been able to tell him he's wrong right. <laughs> like, this is true. Like sometimes you have yeah. to make yourself able to be told that you're wrong. It's yeah. not just about not insulting people <clears throat> or being comfortable, but it's it's about like realizing that the things that you thought. And the things for a lot of people you've thought for a while, maybe decades, are actually a little bit problematic. Yeah. And yeah. And, and we can all do some work. Big facts. We can, we can all, all do fact. some big facts. We, we can, can all, all do yeah, some work. Everybody. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Amazing. I absolutely love this episode. And I think there's so many different tidbits that our listeners are definitely going to be able to latch on to. Um, in addition to some very real things to take away about women's health and their own being able to trust their own instincts and what's going on with them. Hmm. Um and being able to revel in what's happening right now in the present and hmm. being okay and knowing that life is happening right now, as yeah, you said. Right now. And not comparing yourself to others and, you know, staying in your lane and building out your own path. Because it's your that's life. what it is. It's your life. It's your oh, life. snap. It's your life. See the knees.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me of
0: course on that note listeners we will see you on the next episode yes take care thank you for listening to the newest season of it's your life don't forget to comment subscribe and share with others and always remember it's your life